Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Whatever Wando. I am your host, Wando, and welcome to the podcast where we cover sports best controversies, conspiracy theories, myths, and what-if questions. In this week's episode, we are covering whether or not the New Zealand rugby team was poisoned before the final of the 1995 Rugby World Cup. Let's go. So I just want to start off by letting everybody know last week I actually put out a bonus episode. I didn't put out like uh, my normal post for it. I kind of posted it in some places and I kind of just said, hey, here it is. It was a bonus episode about the NBA 75 list. It was kind of just my gut reaction to the list I saw. And it was just kind of my unfiltered thoughts. I really didn't take much time to you know, sit there and process. I kind of just wanted to get my unfiltered thoughts out there. Um, who did I think deserved to be on the list? There's a few names who I didn't think had earned it yet. A couple names who I thought should have been on the list that weren't on it. I had a lot of fun with it. It was definitely less structured than our normal podcast. There was only one segment. So yeah, give it a listen. Tell us if you like it. If you do, it's definitely something I'll do. Um, and I'll definitely do it no matter what, because I think if there's something very exciting or newsworthy, that's definitely worth talking about that. I'll kind of just want to get my thoughts out there. Um, just, it's a little bit different and I had a lot of fun with it. Speaking of different, that's where this podcast is, this episode. So the first three episodes, we kind of stuck close to home, stuck to very popular sports in the United States. We talked about major league baseball. We talked about the NBA this week. We're going to venture into the world of international rugby, specifically the 1995 rugby world cup, uh, and the controversy, the conspiracy theory, actually. In question is, was the New Zealand rugby team poisoned before the final? Is that the reason that they lost this huge upset? Did that happen because they were poisoned? Um, we're going to get into that, but I think I would be doing you all a disservice if I didn't address this in the beginning here. So there is the sports history of this moment, the 1995 World Cup. Then there's also the political history of this moment. I'm not going to dive too deep into this, mostly because of I don't feel like I am the podcast to tell this story. I feel like there's much more knowledgeable people out there, but I feel like I should at least, you know, paint a picture, give you the scenery of what we're walking into. So 1995 is apartheid, you know, post apartheid South Africa. Apartheid is basically segregation and laws that were put in place to take away power and hold down non-white South Africans. So Apartheid is starting to, you know, go away, you know, slowly. Obviously, that changes that made overnight. Nelson Nelson Mandela is now president. And during this transition, this, you know, culture change in South Africa, the 1995 Rugby World Cup happens. And it happens in South Africa. And during this time, South Africa kind of goes on this magical run. And the country unites around them. White, black. Like all, you know, everyone kind of united around the team, even though rugby was kind of the sport of the haves that kind of looked down on the have nots. And it's one of those very important cultural moments, especially in South Africa, 
where you saw like a uniting of a country, specifically with, you know, Nelson Mandela. He went to go meet the team. There's, you know, there's pictures with him. He's coming on the field. He's wearing the uniform. He's kind of saying like to, you know, his fellow countrymen, like, let's embrace this team. So it's a really big political moment in South African history. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, that this is a very much a, you know, basic overview, but I felt like I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't paint you that picture of the world of 1995 um, and the World Cup in South Africa. But now let's get really into the beginning of this conspiracy theory in what do we know? Break it down for me. So in what do we know? Uh, it's basically what it sounds like. We talk about the things we for sure know, uh, the things that we can confirm. They're set in stone. People were there. There's records. You know, we can't deny it. So let's start off easy. This happened in 1995. It happened in South Africa. Uh, it's actually the first Rugby World Cup that happened all in the same country. All the same, all the matches happened there. Um, the format of the Rugby World Cup is very similar to the Soccer World Cup. There's a knockout stage. Uh, well, there's a group stage that leads to a knockout stage and then to the final. Uh, in these two, there's multiple different groups. One group has South Africa, another group has New Zealand, and there's two other groups to use. But we're only going to focus on these two. Um, during the group stage, both South Africa and New Zealand go undefeated. They go 3-0. and But based on the scoring, you would think that they're playing two way, like totally different sports. And so let me explain the scoring rules of rugby first. So first of all, rugby isn't like Quidditch, where all of a sudden you get bonus points for you know, catching a golden snitch or like because your professor likes you more than the other schools. Let's be real about Dumbledore. He hated everyone else. So, you know, he loved Gryffindor, but didn't like all the rest of them. We can call out favoritism when we see it. But in rugby, the scoring is pretty, like it's pretty straightforward. You get five points for a try, which is basically you place the ball into the end zone. Uh, then you get two points for the conversion after. It's basically making a field goal. You get three points for a penalty goal, which once again, is similar to a field goal. For those of you who do like rugby or listening to this, like, oh my God, it's not like a field goal. I do understand. I'm just kind of trying to simplify it. Because um, that's like, for us, you know, Americans, you know, that's kind of what it looks like. It's a field goal, but of course it's different. There's different angles you can take it from. Because um, it's perfect. Like, the, wherever you take your try is perpendicular to like wherever they place the ball down. So their strategy to like when you get into the end zone of like where you're going to put the ball down to set up the conversion better. Um, so, but you have to make it through uprights that are similar to a field goal. They're just taller. Um, and then they're a little more narrow than that of an NFL, you know, upright. So you get three points for a penalty goal, which is what, once again, like a field goal. And then there's this thing called a drop shot. It's worth three points and it's crazy. So to give you the American you know, the NFL version of it. There used to be a thing in the NFL called a drop kick. You could still do a drop kick, but nobody does it anymore. And a drop kick is this. You drop the ball on the ground. After it hits the ball, you can kick it. And you try to kick it through the uprights. You can kick it for a field goal or an extra point. The last person to do it successfully was actually Doug Flutie, who used to be a quarterback. Um, and he did it only for an extra point. So, the, but the thing is, this difference about that is that isn't a live play. Like people are, like people can move, obviously, but it's, they have to be like, you know, from a set position first. When it comes to a drop shot, uh, everyone's moving. It's basically like you're telling that kicker, hey, you're going to try to do the same thing, but everyone can tackle you. Um, so it's kind of amazing, but also kind of sad that uh, 
it's only worth three points. It's like if you're going to dodge <laughs> like 12 linebackers and then drop it on the ground and then kick it through this upright as you're moving, you feel like you should get bonus points for that. We only get three, but that is like the four major ways of scoring in rugby. So now that we get that out of the way, like I said, South Africa and New Zealand both went undefeated in their group play. South Africa does pretty well. They outscore their opponents 68 to 28. So they did pretty well. On the other hand, you got New Zealand who outscores their opponents 222 to 45, including the absolute demolishing of Japan 145 to 17. So clearly you can already see in the group stage, there is vastly different rugby being played. One team, South Africa is much more defensive where you have kind of more of this offensive juggernaut in New Zealand. And you understand that South Africa was, they knew they didn't really have the same talent, um, you know, to keep up with some of these other teams. So they had to rely on like defense and strategy. That's what I had to get them through where you have a team like New Zealand. And they're just a team that has like all the talent in the world. They have the pedigree. They've done it so many times. And it's kind of one of those things of like, Hey, like we're just going to outscore you. You can try and stop us if you want. It's not going to work. You better try to keep up with us. And you see that in the knockout stages because it kind of continues the same trend. So South Africa, well, they have their highest scoring output and they beat Western Samoa uh, 42 to 14. And then they beat France 19 to 15 to go to the final. New Zealand wins 48 to 30 over Scotland and then 45 to 29 over England to make it to the final. So both teams are playing their brand of rugby. Once again, I'm not going to claim to be a rugby expert. Um, But you can clearly see, and through highlights I've seen, it's just clearly one team was, they are more fast, they are more physical, they are more skilled. That is New Zealand. They are going to outscore you, and they're going to do it like they they exactly, they're going to show you what they're going to do, and they're going to do it. Then you have South Africa, who is relying a lot on tactics, a lot on defense. And this is one of those classic battles of offense versus defense. And then we get to the final. And in the final, South Africa wins. Um, And they actually limit New Zealand scoring quite a bit. South Africa wins the final 15 to 12. And so you have this uplifting moment for South Africa. They're united around this win, but there's a lot of questions about it. Because you have this juggernaut in New Zealand who it's one thing to go from, you know, dominating and putting up like huge scores to like, you know, it's one thing to lose. It's one thing to go from those huge scores to your worst output in a span where you had a decent amount of time to research your opponent. So it's led many people to wonder, hey, is there something fishy that that kind of happened during this? You know, is there something, there's something not right going on here? Which leads us once again to our conspiracy theories that there are belief, there's a belief that New Zealand was poisoned before the final. So to analyze that more, uh, we're gonna go into our next segment, which is speculation station. In Speculation Station, we like talk on the pure speculation of this conspiracy theory. So the theory goes like this. There's kind of two of them, um, but they both rely on the same point is that basically is that the New Zealand rugby team was poisoned about two days before the final. 
So it's before the final, and the story basically goes that New Zealand is kind of worried that something might happen. You know, you're staying once again in the same country where now the home country has made it to the final. You know, there's a lot of support around them. You're kind of worried. So they start to stagger when they eat and where they eat because they don't want to eat all together. Um, and then all of a sudden, one night after they there's two different stories. One is involving a waitress named Susie, and another one is just them going to the movies. But after they either have this, you know, evening where Susie is their waitress or the night at the movies, all stories basically come back to the New Zealand team basically in their hotel rooms, just the almost the entire team just writhing in pain. They're writhing in pain. They're violently ill, you know, vomiting, diarrhea, like chills, the clear classic signs of food poisoning. Um, which once again makes people wonder if it's one player, two players, that's one thing. These are multiple, like they said, end up being about two thirds of the team and they are all violently ill and it's right before the final. So it's a little suspicious to some people. So the coach, um, the coach is the one who kind of believes in the, said there was this girl named Susie who was their server and she was at the hotel they stayed at and they never saw her again like the night before the final. And then there was a South African security guard who says, like he says, he knows they were for sure poisoned. Um, and he said it happened after they went to the movies, like the team went to the movies and then they all came back violently ill. So you have two slightly different stories, one from the head coach and one from one, one of the security guards, but it still leads to the same place. A lot of violently ill and sick New Zealand rugby players. So fast forward to the final. In the finals, New Zealand comes out and they look really slow, like a lot slower than they have in their last couple games. You can give credit to New Z uh, the South African defense saying maybe that's what's slowing them down. Maybe it's a little bit of the pressure, which that part's a little hard for me to believe because of the fact that New Zealand has been there, done that at this point. Uh, or you could maybe give credit to the fact that a lot of them are sick. And here's the thing. You really can't deny that part of this because if you watch the video, uh, in the highlights I watched, there are multiple times that you see during the game, there are people throwing up and it is not like oh, a little bit of spit up. Maybe I drink too much water. This is full on like projectile vomiting. Um, so it's pretty bad um, to say the least. So multiple players like were very sick. Uh, one of them was throwing up on the field and another player, Jeff Wilson, had to be replaced because he was too sick to play. So all these players are sick and they're not looking as good as they used to. And then because of that, their scoring output is way down. That's kind of like the other part that kind of factors into it. It's one thing, maybe you're being stifled defensively, but to all of a sudden go from being you're averaging in the forties to you can't get more than 12. You're looking a lot slower. People are throwing up on the sidelines. It kind of, you know, puts your antennas up and you're like, all right, something's a little weird here. So, that's where a lot of people believe, and it is still argued today, that people think that the New Zealand team was poisoned uh, deliberately. And no one thinks the South African team or anyone from the team was involved. The New Zealand players don't think that. No one on the South African team has ever you know, alluded to any of that. No one has. The belief is that it was more important like hands involved. People like syndicates, you know, other leagues, possibly like high, you know, you know, big gamblers getting involved. That's where they think all this was coming from. And so you have, once again, uh, this juggernaut 
all of a sudden be knocked to its knees, but something just seems off. And I think it like it does make a lot of sense though. Like you I think there is no denying that, that team was sick. There's no denying that they definitely were violently ill. But the question, you know, why we're here in Speculation Station is to wonder, was it done purposely? Did someone deliberately tamper with their food or their drinks? Because some people wondered if it was maybe the water. Some people wondered, you know, if it was a certain food. There's different foods referenced by different players that they think they did it. But the crazy part is that they all don't reference like the same thing. Um, They all don't say like, yeah, we all ate this and that's what made us sick. And so some people might say like, oh, maybe you just got unlucky. You went to the wrong restaurant. Or you could wonder, okay, they're all eating different things and they all happen to get sick. Why isn't there a ton of people sick from that restaurant? It kind of just makes you wonder. And that's going to lead us into our next segment. And that next segment is, I'm not so sure about that. And I'm not so sure about that. We kind of poke some holes in the conspiracy theory. So I think one of the first things that needs to be pointed out is so on the New Zealand team, they had a rock star and I like of the sport. His name was Jonah Lomu. Um, if I'm mispronouncing that once again, I'm like super sorry. Um, but he was like an international phenomenon in rugby. This guy is a monster. Unfortunately, he's passed. He passed away at 40, but he was like 20 when this World Cup happens and he is the peak of his career. And it kind of reminds me of that Hey Arnold, Hey Arnold episode where it's like, give the ball to Tucker. It's like, that's part of the offensive strategy of New Zealand. Get the ball to Jonah and just get out of his way. Cause he is a one man wrecking crew. Some of his highlights you can watch online are amazing of him just steamrolling people, taking the ball. And this is the other part that's once again, like with rugby scoring is that like you where you have, you take your try from perpendicular from wherever you place it in the end zone. And literally there's one play I was just watching where he steamrolls like through three dudes and then he cuts through the end zone to place it in a perfect place. And there's like the four guys trying to tackle him and they can't touch him. Like they're most of them miss and the dudes who do get a handle on him, It's like trying to tackle Derrick Henry. It's good luck. And so he, um, so if you're trying to poke a hole in it, like, so why did they lose? It's kind of first a little bit of defensive strategy. You can very clearly see in the South African game plan, it's kind of like when you base any good player in like, a, you know, a, you know, a team game, you're like, okay, we're going to take him away. Can the rest of you beat us? And props to them. They took him away. He didn't really have that great a game. So it's kind of one of those things of like, all right, the rest of you, can you prove you deserve to be on this New Zealand national team? We know he's that good. And that's why we're going to do whatever we can to make sure he's not the one who beats us. If you beat us, congrats. So part of like what their lower scoring is they really shut down Jonah and he like was the motor behind that New Zealand team. So without him going, you can understand the scoring being a little bit lower. Another problem with the conspiracy theory with is kind of, I alluded to it before is that they were eating in separate, like in separate groups and no one mentioned like the same food. I feel like if they all ate the same thing, it would be a little bit more believable. Like if they said like, oh, we all ate this certain salad or we all ate this certain appetizer and we all got sick. Like I would get it, 
but there is no kind of like smoking gun thing that made everybody sick. There just isn't in any of the stories. Um, you know, once again, they allude, some allude to the water, which that could be the story, but you don't have that for like everybody. You know, some of the players haven't said it was that they've said it was other things. There's one player who even said it had to do with like them going out the night before. So maybe that's why they were a little bit rough. Um, and then there's also the inconsistency where you have the head coach um, say that it happened because of this girl named Susie, um, who they're like, there's been no con- like there's been no confirmation this girl exists. Um, but then once again, if this was someone who was trying to actually do this, why use your real name? So you can kind of give it you know, two ways, you know, say like, hey, maybe she's not real. Or why would you use your real name if you're trying to poison a team? Like if I'm going to go do something illegal, I'm not going to use my real name. Uh, and then but you also have the other story, like you have the South African guard who says like security guard who said like, oh, this happened after they went to the movies and they got sick. So that kind of pokes a hole in it. Um, it makes it a little bit questionable, but I do feel like I, I don't think there's any denying, like I said before, there's no denying that they were sick. I think the real question is, was it done purposely? And like, where did it happen? And that's kind of like where I'm kind of heading towards, like where my final decision is going to be made. Cause I'm wondering, can I make those jumps in? logic to be like and i'm not saying it isn't a logical story i think the story makes a lot of sense but the question is okay even though there's different parts of it it's like when you take kids and like they're lying and so you talk to them individually um so you're like all right what's your side of the story and there's like they tell a slightly different version than the next kid then the next kid tells a slightly different version you're like okay i see a base story here that's definitely true but you know the rest of the details aren't you know staying straight is that an important detail are you all just lying you can't keep your story straight that's kind of the problem i'm having with we have a very easy conclusion to come to and a reason that makes sense it's just kind of we're kind of missing this middle chunk of this formula um so with that in mind let's go straight to the call on the field so with the call on the field you got two ways of going about this. So you can confirm it and say that it happened and overturn it and just say, nope, it didn't happen. There's just not enough here for me. And, you know, there's good arguments in both camps for overturning it. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is in the overturning side is that there's no smoking gun in this. There's not like a specific restaurant or person or like food. You know, when I think back to like other infamous things like this, I think about Michael Jordan and, Originally, it was called the flu game, but now we've discovered through um, the last dance that it was food poisoning he got from eating that pizza. And also, that's an all-time clip, if you haven't seen of him talking about that pizza. He sounds like a very proud like person who's been out all night, and they ordered a pizza, and he's like, I ate all the pizza. Nobody ate any pizza but me. It's like, we've all had those moments where we're just like, yes, I ordered this, and I took it down myself. He's so proud. But that's what made him sick. Like we have that smoking gun of like, yes, he ordered that pizza. He describes how there's like nine people delivering it. Like something wasn't up. Uh, Even before that, we used to believe the story was that he had ate sushi in Utah. And like people were just like, why are you eating sushi in a landlocked state? I ate sushi in Iowa, so I can't really talk any trash. But like we had that idea. So, you know, for overturn, there isn't any like place like that for the New Zealand team for us to blame it on. On the confirmed side, though, you clearly have a team that is sick. 
you have a team that has gone from just how they look on tape is clearly they are at two different gears. They are violently sick. There are multiple eyewitnesses saying like after like they went to like, and it's all they, even though they have different locations, they all do say they all happen on the two days before the final happens. So all of their stories say the same day in question. It's just, we're trying to piece together. Okay. Did it happen at the restaurant? Was it the hotel or was it the movie theater? One of these three places, everyone got sick. Um, and you also do have to keep in mind who's telling the story. Uh, you have the head coach and a security guard. Both are telling the story. Is the head coach trying to make up for the fact that he lost? The security guard in question was promoting a book. So you do have to take that into consideration. But we do have multiple eyewitnesses all saying the same thing. You can see it on the tape. Um, that they're sick by how they're playing and literally them throwing up. So it's not a good look if you're trying to say that it didn't happen because it definitely did. The question is, was it done purposely? And the last kind of X factor I'm sitting on, and once again, this may come off in the bad way, is that this is international sports. And once again, I am not going to sit here and say like, United States sports, you know, our system is pure and perfect. No, like our... We have so many flaws. We have so many people just like dirty hands involved in what we're doing, like how we used to basically exploit college players to the pay difference between male and female players and just sports. Like we have so many problems in American sports. I'm not here to claim that. But international sports, like I specifically look at soccer and there is so much shady stuff that goes down, stuff to just win a game, sign one player, get a promotion to avoid relegation. You know, some things are just exchanging money. Some are violent. Some are peaceful. Like there's a lot of crazy things that have happened and like that's been confirmed. So for me, it's not a stretch when we get to the world's like the world setting here, because we've seen stuff like this go down in other world cups. We've seen it happen in the Olympics. Like it's happened before. Which leads me to my call on the field. And for the first time, I'm going to confirm a story. I do think that this team was poisoned. Here are my biggest reasons why. As I said before, we have multiple people confirming like this team got violently ill. They all confirmed that it happened two hours, uh, I mean, two days before the final happened. So maybe they got their timing wrong. Maybe like, hey, Maybe they did, Susie did serve them like water or drinks or something or like uh, a dish at like the restaurant. And maybe by the time they left the movie theater, that's when it kicked in. You know, as someone who's gotten food poisoning before, it doesn't kick in five minutes later. It might be a few hours. It might be a day later. So that all could still fit into the same story and why they might say like, oh, I saw it after the movie theater. Like, oh, I thought it happened because of this. That all falls in line. The other reason Literally, you can see it on tape. They look like they're going in slow motion compared to they have the last couple of games. I'm not going to put it on like this New Zealand team didn't know how to handle the pressure because of the fact is they had been there and done that by now. This New Zealand team, they were the big bad boss at the end of any tournament. They're like they are the Yankees. They are the Celtics. They're the Lakers. They're Alabama football. Hey, you have made it on your long journey. Congratulations. Now can you defeat me? They've dealt with that pressure. So for them all of a sudden to be that sluggish looking, to have their scoring go down that much, is just, 
it's a little bit sketchy. And then you add in the fact of like, once again, all these people throwing up on the sidelines before the games. It's just a really like glaring hole in this story. If you're trying to say like, this wasn't done on purpose. And then the idea I pointed out that maybe this was just a good defensive strategy by uh, the South African team to stop Jonah. If you, if you look at it, they didn't really do anything special to stop him. So like, for example, like in like at peak Randy Moss, when you want to stop Randy Moss, you double teamed him. And it was very clear that you were double teaming him. There wasn't anything done like that in this rugby game. I'm not going to say that, like I said, I'm not a rugby expert. Maybe they were doing something that I, my brain could not detect, but watching what I did, they didn't do anything special. It kind of just looked like someone who might've been slowed down by being sick. So, and also his teammates are slowed down because they're sick. So because of all that, I have to lean towards this is confirmed. I'm going to confirm it. I do think it is a bummer for news uh, for South Africa. First of all, like they've felt this way. They're like, everyone kind of discredits our win. This thing is always looming over us. And I think that is a bummer because of that. Like you have this win that people are always trying to take away from you. Um, and also just because it was such an important moment in South Africa's history. But I think I would just be lying to myself if I didn't believe this. The story, once again, we go back to the beginning of why I started this podcast. As a liar, this story just makes too much sense. Yes, is there a part of like the story that isn't as good as I'd want it to be? Like I'm like, all right, let's tighten this up a little bit here. Yes, but enough of the pieces fit together where I can go, boom, that happened. So I am, for the first time ever, I want everyone to confirming that the New Zealand rugby team was poisoned before the final of the 1995 Rugby World Cup. Uh, another quick thing I just want to add in for why I'm confirming this is because like there were some people who thought maybe they got sick because of the water. But like we mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, this World Cup took place entirely in South Africa. So there are times like if you've ever gone on a trip, you visited a foreign country, like you have to sometimes like if you're drinking the water, either you are told not to drink it or you sometimes take something to help with it. Like your body needs time to adjust. Even if you go to different parts of the United States or different towns, even in your state, like the water might taste different. You know, are you getting it from a well? Is it, you know, what are you know the pipes like? Stuff like that. So that's the part that kind of throws me off. These guys had been in you know, South Africa for a couple weeks now. And it's just now all of a sudden, like right before the final, that's when they get sick. That's what kind of, you know, drew my attention of like, okay, so even if it is the water, why, like if that's what some people said, why is it just now getting them sick? They've been here long enough. I'm sure one of them, you know, had drank, like even if they were, they weren't drinking the water, maybe they had their own purifying system. I don't think in 95 they were carrying one around, but maybe they did. Maybe they had their own water they were taking care of and everything. I'm sure at some point an athlete had, you know, taken a glass of water by before the final. So the fact that it's finally just right before the final, that's when they get sick from it. That kind of makes me think this was definitely done on purpose because why wouldn't it have happened earlier? Um, and I kind of mentioned it the whole time of saying, do I think this was done on purpose? And yes, I'm obviously confirming that not only were they poisoned, but it was done on purpose. It wasn't like, hey, we undercooked, you know, the shrimp and all ever, ever like everyone's sick. 
I think they were deliberately given food poisoning. And I think it's the reason why is simply money. I think, and that's the story that a lot of people tell. The gambling money was just too good. Like the amount of money that could have been made on South Africa, they won compared to the money you'd win on New Zealand made it worth doing this for once again, a crime syndicate that might want to get involved or just, you know, you know, big gamblers, you know, who've got, you know, they get their money into somebody and, you know, enough money can make a lot of people make poor decisions. Uh, Cause it kind of makes sense, you know, for those like now with betting so much easier to do, you don't make money like a ton of money by betting on favorites. So they're like, all right, we have a chance here for a huge upset. How can we tilt this more in our favor? Well, obviously food poisoning works. It's not the the most admirable thing to do, but it definitely worked. So once again, yeah, I'm confirming this. I think it happened. I think they were poisoned, and I think it was done deliberately by people who wanted to make money. I, I, like, I don't think the South African team was involved whatsoever. I don't think it was anything shady from the South African government. I think it was just, you know, people who got involved in international sports looking to make a lot of money. And they probably did based on, I couldn't find like the actual odds. Like they don't keep the odds, but it's very clearly like everything I've read is that New Zealand was the clear favorite and then South Africa was a long shot. So even if we're taking at, you know, even at a modest guess of like, 25 to 1 or 30 to 1. South Africa betting on them a substantial amount of money is going to get you a lot back compared to probably betting on New Zealand. Because I'm I'm comparing it to like an international tournament. I think betting on New Zealand is probably like betting on like France and this year's World Cup. Yeah, you would have made some money because you still make money because it's a tournament, but you're not going to make a lot of money. So once again, this is confirmed. This team was deliberately poisoned to make sure that South Africa won the Rugby World Cup. So I want to thank everybody again for listening to another episode of Whatever Wando. I had a lot of fun with this. It was nice to kind of step out of my comfort zone, talk about a sport, a situation that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not necessarily an expert in. It was kind of fun to dabble in that. So I thank you guys for coming with me on that kind of, you know, journey of mine uh but next week we're gonna kind of get more back into the wheelhouse we're gonna move on to the nfl and we're gonna do our first ever what if episode the what if episodes are gonna be a little bit different where we're gonna kind of branch off kind of into this fantasy world based around a singular event and in the nfl there's a lot of different events that are worth talking about but uh with how good they've been doing recently i thought it'd be good to talk about their history we're gonna talk about the cincinnati Bengals, and specifically what would if what would have happened if Carson Palmer never tore his ACL in the 2005 playoffs against the Pittsburgh Steelers? How far could that have team have gone? Would the team would have stayed together after that? How would the careers of Chad Johnson, Carson Palmer been affected? We're going to find out next week on whatever Wando. See you guys next Wednesday.